Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. All right, great to have you with us today. All of our family, friends, and esteemed guests, thank you for coming to One Cause Church today. You're what makes it great, you being here. And I'm excited because I always have somebody to preach to, just in case somebody shows up. So um, I'm, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I want to greet those who are with us by live stream as well. God bless you. Thank you for joining our service today. And those of you who listen to us by podcast as well, we're so glad that um, you're with us and we pray that the Lord be with you and bless you and all of your house in Jesus' name. All right, today we are going to be concluding our series um, titled The Door is Open, and we started this four weeks ago, but last week I heard that it was extra special. I wasn't here, but I did, I was told, yeah, go ahead, you can go ahead and clap for Pastor Alex. I was told that I better be careful because my job is in jeopardy. I really was told that. Anyway, but that actually brings me great comfort and uh, to know that if I have to leave, you know, I was at our Granbury campus and that you are definitely in good hands. And Alex uh, prepared well, studied to show himself approved to God. And um, I told him, I said, man, this was right in the flow with, with the, uh, just the, the feeling of this message, the spirit of this message. He just kept the, the river rolling and, uh, and segued so well for me, it made a great segue for me to just come in and finish it out today. So thank you, Pastor Alex. Thank you so much. I love you very much. But you can't have my job. Yet. yet but maybe someday. Um, so we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9. The door is open. The door is open. For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. A great and effective door has opened to me. This has been our foundational text for this series. And uh, after listening to Pastor Alex on the way home from Granbury, I was with you in the worship service, by the way, the 930 service anyway, because the service in Granbury didn't start till 1030. So I got to drive down and put it on my phone and just worship with y'all. And then on the way home, I listened to his message and... um, but something he said um, is true about this, the door opened and many adversaries, that uh, an open door and adversarial opposition tend to go hand in hand. And that's why we need faith in God. That's why we need to walk by faith and by a greater sense, right? And um, a, according to Hebrews chapter 11, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The thing about it teaches us about faith there is that it is a substance and it is an evidence. See, faith is more than just, oh, I hope it works out, right? It's a substance and an evidence, right? It sees things as God sees them. And, And so God has dealt to each of us a measure of faith so that we can see what he sees, so that we can know what he knows and so that we can experience what God wants us to experience. And I'm telling you, he has good things planned for you. You think his, you've experienced his goodness so far? Just wait. Because life with him gets better and better. It just gets better and better. And he is on your side. 
And he has victories for you to, to experience in your life. You know, you might be facing some issues in your life today, some things that maybe have gotten on top of you, you know, and have been pushing you down, pushing you back, intimidating you, uh, 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 trying to get you into fear and anxiety and worry and wondering and confusion and all those things. But I'm here to tell you today, God is on your side. And if you know that God is on your side, then you understand also it doesn't matter who's against you then because he gives us the victory. Think about Jesus accomplished. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. And he secured our victory. And then he gifted us the victory that he earned. Ah, he gets all the glory in this deal. We get a victory as if we won it. But we get the victory because he won it, and that's what makes us, the Scripture says, more than conquerors. We didn't have to fight for it. He did all the fighting for us, amen, and said, you're the champs. Oh, I love that about our God. He took us all the way to the top. But, you know, there are adversaries. There are oppositions, obstacles, challenges, troubles. Jesus said, in the world, you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. The door is open. I've already overcome the world. Huh? He has overcome the world. And he's overcome every trouble that is facing or that you are facing today. Jesus has victory for you in that challenge you're in, even right now. He is the way. Revelation chapter 3, that's the last book in the Bible. And I'm not going to do any eschatological teaching today. I'm not an expert on the end times, and I haven't met any other expert on the end times. I've met people that can sell books really well, <laughs> but nobody's an expert on this. They claim to be. But how many times have we predicted he's coming back? Nope. Nope. But people go buy their books. It's crazy. Okay, that's another sermon for another time. Oh, I need to share this with you. For those of you who were here at the 930 service, you're welcome for hearing this again. So John comes into work and he says to his supervisor at the front office, he says, boss, he says, we're doing some heavy house cleaning at my home and my wife needs me to be hauling things down out of the attic and moving the big stuff in the garage and uh, it's, it's spring cleaning. And boss said, John, well, I can't let you off tomorrow. We're shorthanded. You've got to be here. And John said, thank you, boss. I knew I could count on you. Uh, <laughs> Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. And to the angel or the leader or the pastor of the church in Philadelphia, write, these things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David. He who opens, he who opens and no one shuts. Let's all read that line together again. He who opens and no one shuts. And shuts and no one opens. He says in verse 8, I know your works. See, again, here he's helping us. You got to get in faith. You got to get in faith to, to see what I'm telling you to see. What does the scripture say? We look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. They used to boggle my mind reading that verse. That's 2 Corinthians 4.18. 
how am I supposed to not see what I see and see what I can't see? Welcome to the Christian reality. The only one way to do it is by faith. So he says, see, watch this, see, I have set before you an open door. Listen, the door is open. But my family, you're going to have to see it. He needs you to see it because it's real. These opportunities that God has placed before you, these crossing over moments in your life, breaking through moments in your life, are dependent upon you seeing it because it's already there. In the Spirit, it's a finished deal. As Peter says, he has already given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You know, it's interesting how much, how many, much time we spend in energy and prayers waiting on God to do something when he says, Hello, yeah. see, I have set before you an open door. Yeah. I'm, I'm not doing this thing by myself. I've created you to have a relationship with you and to partner with you in this life. This is not all on me, and thank God it's not certainly all on you. But together, praise God. See, I have set before you an open door. Now, let's go to John chapter 9 for a moment. We're going to go through a few scriptures, but I'm, I'm taking us uh, somewhere. We're just kind of building, so you might need to elbow the person next to you and make sure they're awake. No, don't really elbow them. That's not nice. Maybe text them. Because... <laughs> I mean, you'd have to actually pick up your phone because none of you have your phones and are distracted right now. I know that because that doesn't happen in this church. But my other pastor friends, they complain about that. I'm like, really? I, I don't know what that's like. John chapter 9, verse 30. I'm having fun with y'all. The man answered and said to him, Why, this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from. Yet he has opened my eyes. This is the story of a man, and we're going we're gonna to walk through it, but I just want to give you a little bit of backdrop where this man who has been healed, he was born blind, all right? Never seen a day in his life, and Jesus does this miracle, spits on this clay, rubs it on his eyes, and says, go wash in the pool. So the man goes and washes in the pool. It's interesting that Jesus didn't lead him. I mean, the guy's blind. Come on, Jesus. Offer a little bit of support in the miracle, right? He's like, now go wash. I'm like... It's just kind of an insult. I'm already blind. Now you're putting stuff on my blind eyes. Like, and you go, go walk, idiot. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but he did. He went. He went on what? He went on his word. Yeah. Yeah. See, right. you, you don't have to see it in the natural. You just need a word. Yeah. Right. Go wash in the pool of Siloam. Yeah. So he made his way there. We don't know how he got there, but he did get there. And he washed his eyes, and when he opened his eyes, after getting that mud off of there, he could see. Think about this for the first time in his life, never having sight. So, man, news starts spreading. And these people are uh, the neighbors of the people, of the man who was born blind and his parents. They see this happen. They say, Wait, 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 wait. We've known you all your life. You were born blind. How did this happen? So he says it to them. And so then they say, oh, we need to go talk to our religious leaders about this because this is, a, this is incredible. So they go before the Pharisees, the religious leaders, and they tell them, and they're like, no. 
So they bring this guy, and they say, what happened to you? And so he tells them the story. I met a man named Jesus, and he told me to, he put mud on my eyes and told me to go wash, and I didn't knock and see. And he said, where are your parents? Because they just wouldn't believe it. They didn't believe they was actually born blind, so they called mom and dad in, and mom and dad, they're a little afraid about this because this, these religious leaders said, if you believe on this man, this so-called Messiah, um, if you say that you believe in him, you can't come and worship at the temple. Well, that's everything to the Jewish life, is to be in the temple, worship, and, and so they were afraid about this, and so they get there, and they see that their son is healed, and they said, yeah, this is our son, um, and yeah, he was born blind. But he's old enough, let him answer for himself. The scripture said they did that out of fear. And um, he can answer for himself. And so then they said, so tell us what happened again. He says, he put clay on my eyes, uh, and then I went to the pool of Siloam, and I washed, and now I can see. Well, uh, this man is a sinner. This is your conclusion? All right, let's keep reading. Interesting. The man answered and said to them, that's what, verse 31, so he says, why this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from, yet he is open eyes. And what this man is saying to these religious leaders, he said, you should have seen this guy coming. You who study the prophets, you who study the, the, Old, the Old Testament, you should have seen this man coming and he's here and you don't recognize him. You teachers of the law. Why this is a marvelous thing. You don't know where this man's from, and yet he opened my eyes. Boy, he's calling him out, isn't he? Now, now he continues to talk to him. Now, we know that God does not hear sinners. You call them a sinner, but I'm telling Now, this is, this is back in the day, y'all, before Jesus, uh, came, before the law was accomplished, all right? And we know that God does not hear sinners, and what, really what he's talking about, people outside of the covenant of Israel. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Verse 32. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. It's not interesting. He says, since the world began, this has never been heard of, that one such as I, I'm the first. Imagine that. There are other people that have been healed of blindness, but it wasn't people who had been born blind. This guy has never seen, and I want to tell you this, this truth that we can pull out of this and apply right into your life is that the door is open for you to things that have never before been heard of or seen. He had never seen, and now he's seen. This had never been heard of, but now the news is spreading. Verse 33, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. In other words, since he is... Praise God, Jesus can do anything. Verse 34, they answered and said to him, you were completely born in sins and now you're teaching us? And they cast him out. You can't reason with religious people. You can't reason with legalistic people. You know why? Because they're the real blind ones. We see clearly who's blind in this passage of Scripture. All right, so I want, and I want to show you what, in saying that, how blind they were. They said, you were completely born in sins. But look at verse 1 of chapter 9, the beginning of this story. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth, verse 2. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Look what Jesus says. Neither this man nor his parents sinned. This is not a sin issue. But the Pharisees said it was. Who's right? 
The answer is? I know it's a little bit of a rhetorical question, but they can't deny, though. See, here's the thing. They can't deny that this is a miracle. And at one point they said, uh, you need to give glory to God because that man is a sinner. That, that, those, those phrases, uh, look at verse 24. That's what they, where they said it. This is interesting to me. Called the man who was blind and said, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. Okay, how are you coming to the, that conclusion? You are stating this is a bona fide miracle, but you know it was done by the hands of that man that you're calling a sinner. Can you make sense of that, please? Nope. Because we're blind. They're blind. They can't see the truth. They refuse to see it. Wow. But look at verse 25. This is the one I love. He answered and said, whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. You're the ones who are supposed to know that. One thing I do know. I was blind, but now I see. So deal with that. Because you can spew out your opinions all you want. You can make these claims that this man is a sinner. I don't know about that. But this reality that is knocking you across the head right now, that you are seeing with your own eyes and cannot refute this bona fide miracle, is that I was blind, but now I see. And the more you argue with this, the stupider you look. The door of revelation, listen, is open to you. The door of revelation is open to you to enter into all that God has for you. See, when you see that open door, you can know and you can expect there will be opposition. And opposition from others who can't or won't see it. See, the Pharisees wouldn't see it. As a matter of fact, they're trying to shut this door real fast. They're trying to get this thing squelched quickly. A man born blind and now he can see we have no answers for that. We need to shut this thing down. As a matter of fact, after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, you know that these guys plotted to kill Lazarus? They had no answers for a man who'd been dead four days and Jesus raised him from the dead. Like, okay, well, we've got to get rid of the evidence. We've got to slam that door shut. Paul prays this prayer in Ephesians 1. Speaking of this door of revelation, he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. This is so beautiful. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who what? Believe. You want that exceeding greatness of his power to be realized in your life? You got to believe. It's toward you who believe. Amen. It's toward, I love that. It says it's toward us who believe. It's not hiding from us. It's toward us. It's just who has faith because I've got some good things to show you. I've got some power that I want to bless you with. I want to help you. I want to provide for you. I want to heal you. I want to show you what I can do on your behalf. But it's toward us who believe. Turn to somebody and tell them, you got to believe. you got to believe. According to the working of his mighty power, the door to his power that surpasses all measure is open to you, specifically to you who believe. Praise God. So through Jesus, we who believe have full access into everything 
that has to do with God's abundant grace. And the scripture says, as we read in Revelation, no one has the power to shut it. All right? God's blessing on your life. Sometimes people on the outside, people that, that don't have the knowledge of Christ, they don't get that. They see all this stuff working in your life, and the good thing is they think, well, what's so special about you? I live in an open door experience. I see a door. I see a door. And, and, and so I'm not persuaded or moved by stuff that happens to me. You know, some people, you know, they make things happen in life, and others just, just let life happen to them. But when you see the door, you'll make things happen. You'll make decisions. You'll take action. Huh? Because if you don't, someday you'll just be sitting up at the house going, it's the Republicans' fault. It's the Democrats' fault. It's, it's the whites' fault. It's the blacks' fault. It's somebody's fault. And all the while, there's been an open door for you. Hmm? For you. From God. And there's favor for you right now. John 10, we got to hurry. Verse 7, then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, here's the, here's the glory of this. I am the door of the sheep. I'm glad he didn't just say I'm the door. Now he does a little later, but he first introduces himself in this way. I am the door of the sheep. You know what that means? Jesus is your door. Are you his sheep? Are you his Yeah, he's your door. Come on, she said, Jesus is my door. That's what I'm saying. You don't, your, this door is not just a, a mere wish. It's not just a mere, no. It is a man. God in the flesh. He says, I'm your door. I'm your door. In other words, I'm the access. I'm the gateway. I'm the entrance. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. And he's talking about False teachers, guys like those Pharisees who go around judging everybody. Huh? And Jesus called them out and said, you are whitewashed tombs is what you are. You're a really clean graveyard, but you're still full of dead men's bones. Verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And watch this. And will go in and out and find pasture. In other words, find provision, find sustenance, find Things pertaining to life and godliness. Go in and out. See that? The door's always open. It's open. The door's open. You enter through him, the door's open. The answer for you is yes. That's why the Bible says all the promises of God are in him. Yes and amen. Religion has taught us so much garbage. I can remember hearing this, some, this number of years ago and people were like, oh, that's so profound. And, they, and it's because it rhymed. But this man said, sometimes God's answer is no. Sometimes God's answer is slow. Sometimes God's answer is whoa. Something like that. And I was like, what Bible is this guy reading? People are like, hmm. So that's why my prayer didn't get answered. See, they get, they, that kind of stuff stops faith. Dead in its tracks. It just kills it. Oh, well, I guess the Lord had something different plan. And we just buy into this nonsense. Well, uh, God must have a reason for it. Hey, wake up! The door's open! Don't get caught up in that religious garbage! Huh? Well, what will be will be. It is what it is. 
The door's open. Hello. Amen. Wake up out of that slumber. Wake up out of that sleep. Amen. Don't be lulled by the religious lullabies in your life. Amen. Rise to newness of life. The door's open because he is the door. Woo. Pastor Eric, that's good preaching. Thank you. Thank you very much. But look at this, verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Notice that. Is God a thief? So they ain't talking about God, is it? That's talking about the enemy. And let me tell you, the enemy specifically he's talking about is the religious system. When Jesus had a face off of those guys, those Pharisees in John chapter 8, he said one of the most scathing things. I mean, he called them brood of vipers. He called them blind guides. He, taught, he called them hypocrites. He called them all kinds of things. But in John chapter 8, he says, you are of your father, the devil. He wasn't talking to people who are out drinking at a bar. He's talking about church people. You're of your father, the devil, you religious freaks. I wish he would have said religious freaks. I kind of think he wishes he would have said it. <laughs> I have, but look at this. Now, I want you to see this. He says, the thief does not come because religion will rob you. It will steal from you. It will destroy your life. That stuff, legalism, trying to keep, trying to live right, trying to live right, trying to live right. Just where you plumb out. When God is not, that is not the life he offers you at all. He offers, he's come to me. All you who are weary, who are laid down with those burdens of self-performance, of trying to be in good graces with me. Let me show you something. I already accepted you. I loved you before you loved me. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, to destroy. I have come that you may have life and have more abundantly. You know what Jesus just taught us here? He said, me and the devil, we're not on the same team. Huh? Me and, the, and religion, we're not on the same team. All right? Because with me, you're getting life, and with me, you're getting abundance in this life. There's a door that's open, so you just come in and out, in and out. There's always supply. There's always pasture. There's always resource. Wow. All right, one last place. One last. Hey, football season's over. we got a little more time. Jesus is the ever faithful and steadfast open door. 1 Samuel chapter 17. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with a keeper. It's important to remember that. He left the sheep with a keeper. Well, why is he doing this? Where's he going? David has been told by his dad, Jesse, son, I need you to go to where your brothers are. They're, they're at war with the, uh, the Philistines, one of Israel's most formidable foes. And he says, I need you to go check on your brothers and bring back report to me of them and their well-being and tell me how the uh, battle is faring. So that's why it says David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with a keeper and took the things uh, and went as Jesse commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to the fight and shouting for the battle. Verse 32, we're going to jump down to 32. Then David said to Saul, okay, so in the meantime, David has been asking, um, wait, wait, somebody said, what happens if, if you kill that giant, Goliath? They said, well, you get, you get to be tax-free in Israel, you get the king's daughter, and you get to be rich. And he says, what? Tell me that one more time. He asked three times. Three times David has told this. All right? Tell, tell me what's in it for me again. The king's daughter, riches, and tax-free. Wow. 
His older brother sees he's, he's asking about this. He says, what are you doing? With whom have you left those few sheep? Go home, boy. Well, he's saying, he says, they're not a cause. He's not talking like these other soldiers. These other guys, they're looking at Goliath. You know what they're seeing? They're, they're seeing a door that is slammed shut. The opposition has come up before them, and there is no more access. There's no way to victory. This man is daunting. He's intimidating. And David shows up and says, is there not a cause? Listen, listen, this is nothing. You guys have forgotten who you are. You guys are looking at a closed door. Hey, our God has an open door. So this news gets back to King Saul and he's like, oh, somebody's willing to take on the giant? Good, because I was too scared to do it. So David comes before the king. This is a teenage boy. Any teenage boys in the room? Uh, Two. I thought I, I would hear from you or something. Any teenage boys in the room? Uh, hey. I love you, man. So he's a teenage kid, right? And he shows up there. Now watch this. This is so powerful. So Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. In other words, that door is shut, boy. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. Remember that phrase. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock. Now remember, he's a young boy. All right, he's a teenage kid. I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. A what? A lion and a bear. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and I beat the ever-living hell out of it. Is that what it says? And <laughs> struck and killed it. Something like that. Your servant, your servant has killed both lion and bear and this uncircumcised Philistine, listen to me, he's helping them, trying to get the king to make the connection. The fact that he's uncircumcised means this is an open door. That means that God is with us and he's not with him. He doesn't have a covenant with God. We're the covenant people. All right? And and this Philistine is going to be like one of them, just like the lion and the bear. Same category. I get the victory because of the God who I'm serving. Seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Now, let's go back to 34. He says, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. Think about what he said. Your servant used to keep father's sheep. Well, how long ago was that? This morning. I used to keep my father's sheep. You just quit your job? See, David knows he's about to go through a door that he's never, he's never looking back any longer. His whole life is going in another direction now. This is what I used to do. But there's a door. And I'm going through that door. Keeping those sheep, that's, that's behind me now. Now I'm going to be a giant killer, and I'm going to be the king of this country before long. And see, there are these doors that are offered before you, and as I said before, those doors many times look like opposition. They're dressed up in opposition. They're dressed up in a challenge. But you've got to see. See, I have set before you. An open door. See, I have set before you an open door. I used to keep my father's sheep. Listen, today is the day for a change for you. Today you're, you're walking into a new dimension in the spirit. A new place in life. It starts in faith. And your faith is activated by what comes out of your mouth. It is called believing and speaking. There are some things today that you might have been a part of this morning, you need to say, I used to do that. 
I used to be afraid. But now, today, I'm living, I'm walking in a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. I used to get offended. But today, I'm walking in love. Today, I'm choosing to forgive. I'm walking through that door, and I'm not going back anymore. Hmm? I used to be broken and sick all the time, catch everything that came through town. But today, I'm taking a stand. Today, I'm saying, I used to be that way. I used to coddle that stuff in my life. I used to identify it. But today... Today, I'm healed. Today, I'm walking down the healing road. Today, I'm declaring that God is my healer, and no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I used to think that way, but today's a whole new day. Amen. I'm going into a future of health and wellness in Jesus' name, because that's what Jesus has done for me. He's opened that door for me for healing. He's opened that door for me for wholeness. Hallelujah. I used to be confused. I used to be indecisive, but today the clouds are going away. Today I'm walking in clarity. Today I'm walking in confidence because God has taken me somewhere. And if I just make a decision, he'll bless it. If I just do it, he'll bless it. Today is the day that you decide. Today is the day that things change. The open door is here, open for you. Hmm? I used to be bound by addiction. No more. No more. No, I'm choosing today to stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ Jesus has made me free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, why don't we just pray for a moment? Let's thank him. Let him work on your heart for just a moment. Huh? Just let him work on your heart. Just talk to him. There's something in your life today that you need to say, I used to. Today, something. And today is a, a, a whole new moment for you. It's what I used to do. I used to... Wonder, I used to be lost and wonder aimlessly, but today, mm -mm -mm. no, I have found my place in Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, He came to seek and to save somebody like me, somebody who was lost. And now today, I'm walking by faith. And I know that that faith is taking me to that expected end that I hope for. Not going to live by my emotions. I'm not going to live by my own reasoning. I'm not going to live by th- through past experiences. No, no, no. Today, I understand God gives me a future and a hope, and I'm going through that door. I'm locking myself in. I used to be hopeless. I used to find myself in much despair. I used to, which is maybe an hour ago, but today, hallelujah. No, I have a newfound hope, and his name is Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. And that hope is an anchor for my soul so that when the storms blow in, I shall not be moved. The door is open. If I can have a couple of you gentlemen to come bring this door down. Today, I want you to walk through this door. And maybe just before you walk through it, take a moment to say what you used to do. Now, you don't have to announce it to everybody. All right? Take a moment to just And talk about not just what you used to do. More importantly, where you're going. Where you're going. What you're going to declare. The decision that you're making. The action that you're taking. We're going to do this together by faith. And we're going to do it by the uh, uh, agreeing together. Because all of us are going through it 
and we're not looking back. We're all going through. I said, we're all going through it and we're not looking back. Amen. Just mark it down. February the 24th, 2019, I went through the door. I went through the door. See, see. Do you see it? Do you see that open door? Believe and you'll see it. So I'm going to ask if you would. Now, if you don't want to, you want to sit there, you're more than welcome to. There's no condemnation on you at all. But I know that some of you right now are being stirred up in your heart and your spirit. And you just get me to that door, all right? So if we could come this way, please, and then just make our way through it. And they're going to lead us in this, this song, There Ain't No Grave. Because I want you to think about everything about that grave. Everything about that grave. Death. That thing that, that has rendered you powerless, has kept you down. No, no longer. Today, it's resurrection life. Amen. Walked out of the grave, we're walking too. I used to. I used to. No more. Thank you, Jesus. If you walked out of the grave, I'm walking too. Walked out of the grave, I'm walking to. Come on, let's sing it. You walked out of the grave, I'm walking to. Yeah. If you walked out of the grave, I'm walking to. You walked out of the grave, I'm walking to. Hallelujah. You walked out of the grave, I'm walking to. Walked out of the grave, I'm walking too. If you walked out of the grave, I'm walking too. There ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. We're free today in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hold my body down. When I hear that trumpet sound, I'm gonna rise up out of that ground. No grave gonna hold my body down.
Come on, let's bless the name of Jesus for the victory that we have. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We see it today. We see that open door. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for making our way prosperous today through Jesus and for giving us good success. The great and effective door that you walk through today, let me remind you, your adversaries, but they're defeated. Don't let them intimidate you. Don't let them keep talking to you. You talk back. huh? That giant talked to David. He's, I'm going to kill you. David said, no, I'm going to kill you. He just smack talk louder. All right? The devil's going to talk to you. You need to say, no, 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 no. This is what I say. And I declare what the Word of God has said, and I'm going to continue to declare it until I see what I see. Hmm. Thank you, Father, for your blessing upon all these. Lord, you know why they walked through that door today. You know the old things that were declared left behind today. And you know the new things, Lord, that they're coming into. And I thank you for blessing them in that, that they will see it with their eyes, what they see by faith today. What they have declared today, they will live in the reality not too far down the road. It might even happen today. Anything's possible with our God. So I thank you, Lord, for this people who have chosen to not settle, who have chosen to not be complacent, who have chosen not to stay, who have chosen not to stay down and defeated, but have risen up today by faith and said, no, I'm taking what God has for me. I'm going through the door today. Thank you, Lord, for that. And I declare that everything that they have declared by faith today shall come to pass in the name of Jesus. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and all of your house and give you peace, peace, peace in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com. 